Yep. <laughs> nope. Here we go. Welcome to the Tim's Take Podcast. I'm Matt. I'm Rachel. And episode five. We don't have the title yet because we haven't recorded, but here we are. Our son turned a month old this week. How crazy is that? Well, I'm pretty tired right now. It just hit you? Yeah. Matt had his longest stretch of solo time parenting Oliver this morning while I went to the grocery store. It took its toll. <laughs> well, before Rachel was going to go, she comes and she's like, are you sure? Are you sure? <laughs> Basically, my mind, I'm thinking, that's the wrong question right now. And I think out loud, I just said, you better go. <laughs> I said, okay. Otherwise, she wasn't going to get to go because <laughs> he was already starting to fuss and he proceeded to do that for most of the time she was gone. But when I came back, he was sleeping. Yeah, so then later in the day, listeners, uh, so Rachel leaves about 9.30. Later in the day, about 12.30, she's like, oh, he's been having a a three-hour nap. To which I say, no, he hasn't. He was awake and crying the whole time you were at the store for that hour. It's a two-hour nap at best. Anyway. Moving on. I was happy to do it. You were great. But here we are. Let's do some highs, lows, and takes. Great. Shall we do it in the lows, highs, takes order that we usually do? Great. Okay. I'll go first. Coming in with some low energy podcasting here. Sorry. I feel super high energy. I don't know what's wrong with you. We slept almost eight hours last night. I know. Maybe that's the problem. I'm just adapted. Don't you dare say that. (laughs) Okay. I'm going to kick us off with lows and we'll get to low energy Matt over there. My low for this week has been bath times with Oliver. Oh, gosh. Because let me tell you, this kid does not like baths hates them (laughs) hates them with a passion there are very few things i mean oliver cries he's a normal baby but there are very few things in which he just his whole being fights against but baths make the top of the list because when you bring him near the tub in proximity of the tub he knows it's like he can sense it and he starts screaming screaming and he turns almost purple because he's screaming so hard just in proximity of the tub so as much as we've done research about bath temperature and kids not liking water it almost has nothing to do with that somehow he just knows and does not want to go in i've begun to worry that rachel's love of cats has manifested in a child who is part cat what (laughs) because he hates the water (laughs) i sorry my most recent childhood cat loved the water so that doesn't really apply okay well that's obviously he's just on his own then but it is quite the struggle so people because people say that he relaxes or should relax with a bath we tend to do this experiment at night so we feed him and then we're getting ready for bed and we're like oh great we'll do a soothing relaxing bath just to help lull him to sleep so it's 9 p.m we're both tired from the day we just are ready to get him down and we get ready to go do this bath and it becomes this ordeal and yeah it's just been a low partly because I have this expectation of this being a really beautiful moment where we're washing him and playing, splashing in the water. There's been no such moments. No such moments. The whole time wailing. We had one moment the other night where 
once we got him out of the bath and in a towel, he was very content and happy, and we had some sweet moments with him. Yeah, that was great. Where he was very relaxed. But none of that happened in the bath. It was all post-bath. Right. Can I tell you my dad joke that I just came up with? <laughs> sure. I'm going to start calling him Oiliver because oil and water don't mix. What do you think? Oh. Give me the Knarf rating. Oh, you're going to have to explain Knarf. I can in a minute. Uh, Negative one. Oh, really? <laughs> I thought it was pretty good. Fine. Positive one. Well, you don't just change your rating under pressure. I'm from a people someone. pleaser. Of course I do. <laughs> oh, my goodness. The Knarf rating is something that Brian Elaine, who is an internet blogger who I read years ago, uh, came up with. And Knarf goes from negative 10 to positive 10. A score of zero is if it, the thing was exactly what you expected. So if you had high expectations, it met those expectations. Low expectations, it met those expectations. Both of those scenarios get a zero. Positive canars is if it exceeded your expectations, whatever your expectations were. Negative canars if it was lower. That's the canar scale. It will come up again on this podcast. So learn it now. Learn it now. <laughs> anyway, that's my low for the week. Bath time. Oh, man, that was a good one. I didn't even have that on my list, but... What was yours? I'm very curious. Yeah, mine was last Sunday. <laughs> oh, yeah, last Sunday was rough. Oh, my gosh. They're really... Well, first of all, let me say this. Co-parenting is a major gift. Oh, my. Multiple times yes. in this past month, our hearts, minds, souls, spirits, every part of us have gone out to single parents who navigate this alone because we cannot fathom it. But... Part of the beauty of co-parenting, and one of the things we're really grateful for, is it is very hard to be on all the time, obviously. And when you're co-parenting, there is someone else who, if you are starting to just get aggravated, can take this child off your hands. And that most of the time works great because one of you often has more energy than the other. Well, last Sunday, he had, I think, woken up earlier uh -huh. than normal. And hadn't really gone back down. And so we were both just tired and grumpy and cranky. Neither of us could do anything right for either ourselves or the other person. Or our child. And it was just miserable. It was a long day. Until we finally got a nap in at about 3 p.m. Oliver went down. We both took a nap. And it did change things around. We usually do not use one of the Velcro swaddles in the day. But we were so desperate. We just said we have to. I mean, not that there's a rule against using them. It's just something we haven't done. And actually, right now, he's in one, too, because we, we needed to podcast. So it is a successful swaddle. He's in a straight jacket over there. But he went down, and it was the redemption of that nap is a redeeming piece of that low. But for about eight hours, it was rough. Yeah. And some days, I guess, were just that way. Felt like you were in a deep, dark cave and never getting out. Those Those are a couple of lows feels good those feel right yeah but it was harder for me to find a well this week there were more distinct moments rather than just it felt like the whole week was <laughs> a whole, low the whole week was a low no the whole week wasn't a low yeah that's good let's move on to highs my high for this week is just in general oliver's sounds and facial expressions just give me a lot of joy and particularly this week he has had his eyes open more, so he's more engaged. 
kind of looking around. He's maybe we as uh, hopeful, desperate parents think he might have smiled this week a couple times. Well, no, he definitely smiled. Right. There's no question the that he smiled. Of his mouth ticked upward. The smile I saw was a full smile. Right? Sure. Yes. It was I a mean, full smile. Again, in our hopeful desperate. No, no, no. Yes. No. <laughs> it <on>. was <laughs> listener, don't let Rachel make you think that I was some sort of father hallucination of a smile. It the was oasis <laughs> in the desert. It was a full smile. There was no shimmer over his face or anything like that. It was a full smile. The question is whether it was a smile responding to us or whether it was a smile from gas or something else or yeah. pure reflex. Yes, exactly. Are you really disputing that it was a real smile? Well, you're saying it's a reflex versus like a smile. Would a smile be defined as like an intentional thing brought about by joy or happiness? Oh. Or is it just a muscle reflex? Well, that I guess is a good question. Thank you. I think I would define it for a baby as just the muscles looking like a smile. For example, we say dogs smile sometimes when their faces imitate sort of that human smile. Like, But the people who say that really believe their dog is emotionally connecting with them and they're smiling. Well, that is probably for another podcast and another set of takes about people and their relationships to their dogs, which we know many people who love their dogs and we love them. Which oddly enough is going to come up later. <laughs> Just wait and see. Okay, well, I'm very curious. Wasn't wasn't this high my high last week? Didn't you just steal my last week's high? I thought it sounded kind of familiar. <laughs> <laughs> I thought to myself this week we need to chart out our highs and lows so that at least we can see what we've done in the past because I started to have this issue too. But the smile is a new the thing. The smile was kind of the thing that got it. And... Honestly, when he burps, it may be my favorite thing ever because it is such a loud adult sound <laughs> that comes out of this tiny human being. And he's just sitting there floppy and he's quiet. And then all of a sudden this massive burp comes out of him and he just goes right back to just flopping around. And it just brings me a good laugh. So those are my highs. Those are good. I have a theory now that episode... 10 of the podcast will just be a pure repeat of episode two <laughs> like eventually people, people go are gonna stop around. listening just because we're gonna start repeating ourselves my high this week i had smiles on my list as well so that that's a good one that resonates but my other one was something that happened last friday which was we watched a whole movie oh. while he slept did we talk about this in the last episode <laughs> now i'm paranoid that would have been on friday oh gosh we it's might have. Really okay, let me co-sign the smiling thing so that I'm not repeating myself. I think we might have talked about this. Well, we watched a movie. We have watched a decent amount of TV this week. We have watched a lot, yeah. Which is a great, fun thing. But we don't always make it all the way through without pausing. No, but often. So that's your high. There you go. Modified. In case we were repeating ourselves again. Oh, dear me. That that might be what's happening. Maybe a dedicated listener. I mean, I could go back and check, but this, you know, it's an opportunity for interaction. A dedicated listener can tell us whether we've just repeated ourselves two episodes in a row. Let's quickly move on to the takes. Then <laughs> you go first. Okay, so my take in relation to puppies as well is that I have no idea what 
what is happening here? I think for the same reason that people really like animals and pets, namely puppies, but sometimes cats, is a very similar reason into which people like babies, in that they can diffuse and bring joy to situations that are sometimes void of those things. And so my story from this week is there was a situation, family-ish situation that brought about some grief this week and some hard times. And in the midst of that, as we were kind of processing that with other family members, we had Oliver there and there's something about this new life and growth and the hope of a child that kind of diffuses some of the, not necessarily intensity of that situation, but some of the harshness of those things and the hard things in life. And I think a baby is more powerful than animals. Well, I am so glad you said that because it really felt like you were setting us up to just say we should have brought a puppy. I'm definitely not. But you have to admit that when you go, I mean, again, this was a more serious situation, but if you go to someone's house and it's maybe one of your first times and it's kind of awkward if they have a dog that is entertaining you outside of your conversation or the dependency on you being entertaining or funny it is a great relief that there is an animal there that can distract all of you it just fills this kind of like unique void it's something you can talk about it's a comforting presence anyway yeah i do see puppies and babies as an introvert children in a household especially if they have toys is a real godsend because you can show up and suddenly you can play building blocks and it looks like you're engaging with people's children where really you're just now avoiding small talk exactly so this is a slightly different situation but it did remind me of a high that i didn't share that it was definitely this week which is uncle joel got to meet oliver yes and uncle joel doesn't listen to this podcast, we're pretty sure, and probably never will, and that's okay. We still love him. But let me say here for the record that I was very impressed by the acumen with which my 21-year-old brother held Oliver. He held him comfortably. He didn't freak out when he started fussing, so kudos to you, Joel. Well done. Well done. That was kind of backtracking, but I had it in my notes. I just It was in a different spot. So there you go. There's my Tim's take. Babies are a gift in hard situations. Yeah, that's a good one. My my take for this week is uh, people often say, you know, what can we do to help? COVID adds its own kind of layer, obviously, to our answers to those questions. But my take is just how incredibly helpful it is to have people give us meals. Oh, the biggest gift in this season. Oh, my goodness. There's part of me that would think that's kind of a little thing, but it has been such a big thing because it is as if at the end of the day, you just sigh a breath of relief when you know there's food coming. Yep. It's so nice. And it also obviously reduces the amount of dishes and cleanup, which is, so it's just gift layered upon gift, which is really a wonderful thing. So, you know, as if you know people who have had a child, odds are a meal would be super helpful There's always a little bit of a risk with people doing home cooking for you. We know that. We admit that. But overall, it's it's a wonderful thing. Six positive canarfs on how I expected the meal train to go. Wow. Yeah. That is really high. But yeah, that's fair. 
I can see that for you. It has probably been plus two canarfs for me. So I, yeah, I had high expectations. It's probably exceeded them slightly, but it's been really wonderful. Yeah. Well, Rachel, you know what time it is? Mailbag. Okay, you did it again, which is interesting because I was actually just going to take the audio from last time. Well, now you can compare the audio. I don't really remember if that's exactly the inflection, but you can choose which one's better. All right. Let's dive in because we got two notes this past week. The first one is from our friend Brianna. And people, you are amazing. You write very long letters to us, which obviously, well, not obviously, but we choose not to read all of them on the airwaves because, well... Sometimes they're personal, but also because of timing. But Brianna had some wonderful things. She said, I thought about sending some actual snail mail to your podcast studio, but I'm on my morning walk and don't have a pencil and paper available. So thanks, technology. So first of all, I just want to pause there and say, we do welcome snail mail. We realize most of our listeners, though, would not know where to send it. But if you're interested in sending us snail mail, you can please send us uh, an email to timsteak at gmail.com along with a photo of your driver's license and your CV, and then we will consider sharing our address with you. Okay, moving on. She said, it's so nice to have something to look forward to during such a strange season, which we get that. It's been a nice thing for us to have, wouldn't you say, Rach? Definitely. During a strange season. Skipping down a little bit, she said, my take from today's podcast, so this was last week's episode four, was about timing. After reading Carissa's mailbag letter, Matt mentioned that you can give things time to make decisions. Quote, you don't have to make decisions before you have to, which is great advice on where Luke, her husband, and I feel we are in life. So thank you, Carissa, through Matt, for words of encouragement this morning. Isn't that cool? Very cool. We were super stoked when we heard that email because it feels like we're connecting people and thoughts that would never come into contact with each other, and that's really fun. It's a fun space. This goes all the way back to our very first mailbag where Andre said, thank you, or whatever he said, this fun little community that you're doing through the podcast. And this was a moment where I was like, look at that. There is a little community. It is one. Talking to each other through the mailbag segment. So thanks for writing in, Brianna. We're really grateful. She wished Oliver also a happy first month birthday and said that we should celebrate with cake and ice cream. We still need to do that. Well, we've done ice cream, but yeah, not cake, I guess. Our second mailbag is from Auntie Low. Auntie Low, maybe Low she signed it Auntie Lauren with Low and a question mark. So if you want to offer feedback on whether Lauren should go by Auntie Low, you can, you know, hit us up on social media or email us at timstake at gmail.com and we can pass that along to her. But what I loved about Lauren's particular feedback was that it was from a nurse's perspective because she is a nurse. So she says second, well, because, okay, well, second, because first she said loving this podcast with loving in all caps. But second, I wanted to say thank you for your take on pediatricians slash the pediatrician's office not having enough empathy sometimes. We talked about that last episode. At my previous job, when she worked in, I think, a clinic, I saw many newborns and their parents coming in for that first appointment. Rachel, when you described them leading you to your room and sprinting down the hallway, I cringed because I know I have done that to another mom. And then there's a, an emoji with that's kind of all the teeth emoji. I can't speak for all healthcare professionals, she says, so I'll just speak from my own experience. It can be so easy to become accustomed to things and just how you talked about expectation. Sometimes we can have unhealthy expectations of others in healthcare. 
we see one family come in and seemingly have it all together. That wasn't us. But that is not what we should expect of everyone. I really think it's so important for patients and families of patients to be advocates for their own care and the care of their loved ones. Usually that's exactly what causes a change in the way we do things. We need you as the parents of sweet Oliver and as the patient yourself, Rachel, to be honest and tell us when something doesn't feel right. So thank you for being honest. We all need a reminder sometimes to adjust our expectations and yes, have more empathy. So thank you for that. I may have completely made this a larger topic than it was to begin with, but there you have it. I guess you could call it another Tim's take, which is great because of course, Lauren's last name is Tim's. Is Tim's. I loved what Lauren had to say and it was really great to hear that feedback and yeah, not feel isolated and feeling some of those things. And again, not that we got bad care or have ever experienced uh, care that I felt was harmful in an extreme way, but I do think even throughout my pregnancy, some of the education that we received, we realized how necessary it is to advocate for yourself because people, as we all do, just go through the motions sometimes or uh, forget to mention things However it is, the importance of asking questions and being your own advocate in healthcare really makes a big difference because sometimes, yeah, it gets missed. Yeah. Here's what I appreciate about Lauren's email in particular, which speaks a lot to who Lauren is and the whole subject of her email at kind of a meta level, I think, is that I think often there's the temptation because we weren't overly critical, but we were kind of raising criticism of some of our experience and there's the temptation to grow defensive and Lauren embodied a real empathetic stance towards us which in turn actually helps me be more empathetic towards the nursing staff and so there's a beautiful kind of mutuality that comes out of communication that doesn't grow defensive which is something that I think is a note for kind of our broader world but great point Matt thank you Thank you. That's that's my additional Tim stake. But thanks, Lauren, for that email. It was, yeah, helpful and insightful and eye-opening as well for us in the best ways. Well? I do have one more thing. I don't want to go too long because we're trying to keep the podcast short. I just want to publicly apologize to Matthew <laughs> for an incident that happened last night at 2 a.m. Oh, my goodness. In which I was in the middle of feeding Oliver and had grabbed my giant jug of water that they give you at the hospital. And so I've been using that. It's great. Drink drink it with the straw. It's just been wonderful. Anyway, I grab it from the side table and put it in front of me while I'm nursing Oliver because I can't quite turn all the way around to grab it when I'm nursing him with the pillow involved. And once he's on, you just want to keep him on. So anyway... Move the water bottle right in front of me. Feeding him. 20 minutes go by. He's done. I hand him to Matt to burp him. All of a sudden, I move my legs and feel a cold sensation and realize that almost my entire jug of water, ice cold water, has spilled all over the bed. And not just spilled, but seeped into the bed at this point. <laughs> Again, this is at 2 a.m. And I just had no idea what to do. I at some point tried to dab it slightly with a towel and then I just curled up into a ball and laid my head on the other side of the bed ready to give up and go back to sleep with a wet mattress. (laughs) Which was never going to happen. You weren't going to be able to do that. So I apologize to Matt, one, for spilling the water, which he cannot understand how that happened. I just kept asking, how does that happen? And Rachel said, well, 
it was on the bed and it spilled. And I said, I know. How does that happen? And two, I want to apologize because he is now taken on the role of what we dubbed last night, the irritable hero, <laughs> in which even though he was grumpy about saving the day, he saved the day, threw the sheets into the dryer, got the hair dryer to dry the duvet cover. He really went all out. And by the time I had put all of our back down, within 10 minutes, I would say, I was in dry sheets, warm and happy, falling back to sleep. Thank you, Irritable Hero. <laughs> oh, man. I'm going to refrain from comment because I fear that it will just alienate the listeners. I'll just come across as some kind of jerk, but it was not a big deal. It still feels a little too soon to talk about it. <laughs> I'll just ask again. How, how does that happen? so much water that's all for this week i'm matt i'm rachel and that's your tim's date